to visit my daughter last year. She was graduating college at Grove City College in Pennsylvania. And we were there in the student center uh, with a bunch of her friends, and we were talking, having coffee. And there was something that one of the girls said, and I don't know, I, I, I can never keep my mouth shut at times like this, right? But somebody said something, and I said, well, you know, it's just a choice. And like the whole, all of them were like, oh my gosh, he said it's a choice. Because I guess my daughter has always heard that from Meg and I growing up, and she was telling her roommates about drama that would happen in the sorority or this going on. It's a choice. Like, you can choose how you're going to respond in a situation. You can choose what you're going to believe. And uh, the subject of our series that we're starting today is called Choices, because I believe God has given all of us a choice. It's what do we do with that choice? What choice do we make? So I want you to imagine something uh, with me for a minute. If you close your eyes and just imagine it, sometimes it helps to focus when we close our eyes. Imagine this, that everyone likes you. Everyone approves of you, no matter what you do. Everyone thinks you are awesome. All right, open your eyes. I'm glad you could imagine it because it will never, ever happen to you, okay? <laughs> Everyone is never going to like you. Everyone is never going to approve of you. Like, but we still strive for this thing called popularity, don't we? And we're driven by, well, what do others think of me? And, and I posted something and I only got th three likes. Like, doesn't anybody care about me? As if that really is how we determine if people care. But now I want you to close your eyes and imagine something else. Imagine that if you're a believer of Jesus and a follower of Jesus, imagine that you're being so consumed with pleasing Christ that the approval of other people doesn't mean so much to you. Imagine waking up every single day with passion and purpose in your life and knowing deep down you're doing what you were created to do. And imagine that passion and purpose driving you and the approval of others does not distract you. See, that's what, we can, uh, that's what we can obtain. That's realistic. That as followers of Jesus, that we can have such a passion and a purpose in our life that we're not drawn away by other things that we see around us and, and what other people say to us. Because, you know, the reality is people won't always like what you or I do. And they won't always approve of what you or I do. But somehow we can be drawn into, oh, I need the approval of other people and that matters to me. No, what about the approval of God? That needs to matter more. So I want us to say today that I choose purpose over popularity. Would you say it with me? I choose purpose over popularity. All right, so let's look at choices and purpose. And did you know that when you're given a choice, if you make no choice, something usually goes into motion without you ever making a choice, and that's called the default, right? So if, if I have something to do, let's say, you know, there's a test coming on Friday and I don't study I'm exercising my default by not studying that I'm probably what? I'm not going to do very well on the test because I chose not to study. It was my choice. That's the default, though. I'm, not, I'm probably not going to do very well. So what's the default in, in purpose and popularity? Which one do you think we default to naturally? Popularity. popularity. And, and the reason is because purpose takes focus. It takes intention. It's like studying for the test. You have to choose to study for the test. You have to choose to be focused on purpose. If you make no choice, the default is, what do people think of me? Do you like me? Like, how about this or how about that? What do you, what do you think of my clothes? Do you like the way I got my hair cut? Like, there's all these things that we want to ask other people. What do they think of us? How do they think? That's the default. If we don't have an intention of following after purpose, the default is that we're, we're going to be focused on popularity. 
Now, what I find is this. If we don't know the purpose of our lives, we end up experimenting with it. And we don't usually find out what we're created to do. So I would say this. If we don't know our purpose, we misuse what God has designed us for. And that's the default, right? If, if I'm not asking God, God, what is it that you put me here on earth for? I'm likely not going to find it out, and I'm probably going to miss the mark. In fact, I will miss the mark, and I'll misuse what he's called me to be. So let me give you an example. When I was, was a little boy, probably I've, I've not, I don't think I was a... Um, I don't remember this, but I remember it only because it was told to me so often, right? My older brothers were young, and one of my brothers found a hammer in the house. So he decided to take this hammer that he found. He wasn't sure what it was. He was a toddler, and he goes around, and he's tapping things. So he taps the, the kitchen cabinet, and he taps the table. And my mom didn't see him doing this, but my other brothers and sisters did, and, and no one said anything to him. So then he goes up to the 25-gallon fish tank in the living room, tap, 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 and... And bam, all the water and the fish all over the place. Yeah, he didn't know the purpose of a hammer. And he misused the hammer. Can you fault him? No, you can't fault him. But like, who would he ask? Who would he ask what's the purpose of the hammer? Would he go to the hammer and say, hammer, what's your purpose? Like he's a toddler. He doesn't know to do that. But sometimes in life, I'm a person and you're a person. And it's like, you know, I'm coming to you asking, what's my purpose well, you, how can you tell me my purpose? You're, it's like me asking the hammer, what's the purpose of a hammer? The hammer's not going to answer me. I've got to go where to find the purpose of the hammer? I have to go to the creator of the hammer or go to someone that actually has read the book on how to use a hammer or, or understands these things, someone older, wiser. If you want to know God's purpose for your life, don't go asking someone else what your purpose is because you're, you're really doing it in vain. It's almost like asking a hammer, what's your purpose? We've got to go where? We've got to go to the Lord and say, God, what is my purpose? And this is what I see in Scripture about our purpose. It's Romans 12, 2, and we talked about this in our Romans 12 series, you might remember. It says this, Romans 12, 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So do you want to know God's will? Because if you want to know his will for you, it tells you how. It says you're not going to find it by asking people in the world and trying to copy your friends and the behaviors and customs of the world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Now, wouldn't it be great if we could just say, I'm going to decide to think this way. But, but what is the right way to think? How do we know? And this is how we know. God has given us his word. And I would say this, if you don't know what God's will is for your life, you should be reading more of the Bible because that's how we learn God's will is to get into his word. And, and you may be here saying, I don't really know how to read the Bible. Find someone that would read it with you. I was, I was meeting with a friend and been encouraging him to read the word. And he goes, Greg, I, I haven't read the word because it just doesn't make any sense. I'm like, great, let's read John 1 together. So I read a portion, we talked about it, he read a portion. And we went back and forth. If that's you, like it's okay not to know where to read. Get a friend that's read the Bible and say, let's read it together and let's try to walk through this because as we read the Bible, God says he will change the way we think and we will learn to know what his will is for us. So that's how we find God's purpose. So let's look more about, all right, what does it look like? Let's unpack this. What does it look like to find our purpose? You know, in, in the journey of trying to find our purpose, a lot of us stray from Romans 12 too, and we're not reading his word. And, and, you know, as we stray, the default 
tends us to take us, as I said before, to this popularity. We start to live for, for the approval of people. But I would say this, if you find that the approval of others matters to you, matters a lot, then it's likely that approval is keeping you from the purposes of God because it's really one or the other. Is it popularity or is it purpose? And, it, and if, we're, if we're asking ourselves a lot, hey, how do I, do I fit? Am I good enough? Do I measure up? Do you approve of me? We're trying to find meaning in places that God didn't intend us for us to try to find meaning. We, we don't find meaning in the people here on this earth. We find meaning and purpose in what God has called us to be. So if we're living for the approval of, of men, it keeps us from the purposes of God because we can only serve one master. It's a choice for who we're going to serve. So I want to challenge you today. What does it look like for you and me to make a choice? To make a choice between purpose and popularity or purpose over popularity. And I want to give you an example of a guy in the Bible. We find him in the Old Testament. He's also mentioned in the New. In fact, in the New Testament, he's mentioned in Hebrews 11, which is called the faith chapter, where they talk about all the people in the Old Testament that had great faith. Now, these guys, when they were going through it, they didn't realize what they were doing was faith. They were just doing what they felt called to do. Now, this man, his name was Moses, and, and you find his story in Exodus. But Moses was a guy who was born a Hebrew slave, he was adopted into Pharaoh's family because he was an Israelite that they couldn't keep their children and his, his mom put him up in a, in a little basket in the river and Pharaoh's daughter comes and adopts him and finds him and adopts him. So he was born in poverty and in slavery, but what happened? He is now like in Pharaoh's kingdom. He is living lavish royalty. He's got extravagance everywhere. He turns. Even though he could have chosen a life of comfort, instead he chose his calling over his comfort. Right? There was a time when he got older that he recognized, hey, I'm not, I'm not an Egyptian, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an Israelite. And God has something more for me than just living with the Egyptians and enjoying wealth and enjoying pleasure. And he left it all to follow a call of God, a purpose that God had for him. So this is what we see in Hebrews 11 where it talks about Moses. Hebrews 11:24 says this, By faith Moses, when he had grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. So, so let's look at that again. It says, by faith, Moses. By faith. You know, but he didn't know it was faith when he was doing it. It was just something on the inside of him, like, I'm not an Egyptian. I know I was born an Israelite. I'm seeing the plight of these people. I have to do something. That was faith. He didn't realize it, but that's what it was because he couldn't see it and he went after it. But it says this in verse 25. Read the first two words with me. He chose. Moses made a choice. And that's what God is calling me and you to. He's saying, what choice are you going to make for your life? Moses had to choose. Is purpose more important or is pleasure more important? Is popularity more important? He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God. Now, there's not too many of us would say, I'm going to choose a life of mistreatment instead of pleasure. But when something wells up on the inside and it's a matter of morality and it's a matter of just your, your core of who you are, your integrity, there is something that rises up in us, isn't there? That, that we say, no, this is the right answer. I'm going to go off and do this. And, and God would say to some of us today, just like Moses, what choice are you making? 
Like, where have I put you? Where have you come from? But what's the purpose that I've called you to? When you find that purpose, when something rises up on the inside, you know that you have to make the choice. You feel compelled to make the choice. So as we're talking about purpose, it it strikes me that a lot of us may be thinking, I I wish I could choose what that purpose is, what that calling is that God has for me, but to be honest, I'm not really sure that I know. I mean, some of us, we we may be young, some of us may be old, when we're still trying to figure out what has God called us to, right? So now I want to look at the big P versus the little P, if that makes any sense. So the big P, what is my purpose? That would be okay. I know why God has put me here on earth. This is the purpose. I'm, I'm fulfilling my calling. I know exactly what he's called me to do, and I'm doing it, and I'm doing it every day, and I'm crushing it. How many of you feel like you know God's purpose for your life and you are operating in God's purpose? A few of you. That's great. So, and that's wonderful. Now, for the rest of us, sometimes me included in this, I, I may not know what the big purpose of my life is. I think I do, but there's days I'm not so sure. So then what's my, what's my purpose, little p? Because you know what? There is a progression to understanding God's purpose for your life. And it starts with don't, don't consider your whole life. Consider your purpose for today, right? So I was reading a story on the internet this weekend, and it was about a a girl who was 23 in Florida, and she was driving across a bridge, and as she's driving, she sees a car parked on the side and a man that's on the the edge of the bridge looking out, and she wasn't sure, like, did he he have car trouble? What could have happened? But when she stops her car and, and, and calls to him, she realizes, like, this guy is considering jumping off the bridge, So what was it that made her stop? She just saw a man that she thought needed help. And and what she proceeded to do was nothing short of miraculous. She starts to speak hope and compassion to him, saying, look, your life matters to God. It matters to me. Like, God loves you. I love you. You've got so... She just starts to speak faith to this guy. And, And what he told the reporters afterwards was, you know, because of her compassion and her caring, I decided to come off the edge of the bridge. And, and the policeman got there, and, and you know, this, it's not a Christian organization. It was just on Microsoft Edge that I read this story. But the policeman came, and it says the three of them prayed together before they, let, they, they left the guy. So, so what was her little P purpose that day? And I, I believe God made her pull over, right? If it wasn't for her pulling over, that man very well would have jumped. What's your little P purpose today? I'm not going to say you're going to be going across Kelly Street and see someone on the bridge. If you do, maybe you want to stop. But, but maybe there's someone here that you're going to notice and you're going to be like, hey, you know what? God wants to speak some, some encouragement to you and he wants to use me and you, you speak life and hope to someone. Or maybe when you're out to lunch, you're going to be talking to, to the, your server and saying, hey, we're going to pray for our meal in a minute. How can we pray for you? Or, or maybe there's someone else this afternoon that God is going to put you in contact with. You're going through the grocery line. You see someone's behind you. You're waiting. You strike up a conversation. You're like, wow. I think I'm supposed to tell this person about Jesus. What's your little P purpose today? See, if we would all start to pray, God, show me what your purpose is for me today, I believe we start to learn and we start to grow in something that's called walking by faith. And here's what Luke 16 tells us. If we are faithful in little things, then we're going to be faithful in large ones. You may not know your big P purpose, but let me ask you, are you being faithful in the little P Are you asking God each day, God, show me my purpose for today? Because as we start to see and engage in God's purposes one day after another day after another day, it's going to start to become clearer to to us 
what is the big P purpose, right? We'd be faithful in little things and then God will put us faithful in large ones or we'll be faithful and he'll give us bigger things to do. So there's power in purpose, amen? And I, and I want to give you three different uh, areas where there's power and purpose. The first is this, purpose diminishes distractions. So, you know, for many of us, the biggest distraction we have is comparison, right? We're, we're fueled by oh my gosh, like we've got God's purpose on one side, but it's all of what our friends are doing and, and what's else, what else is going on in the world around us that we start to compare ourselves to and that pulls us away from, from what God's purpose is. So we might be concerned, what are other people's think, right? When we're focused on others, it migrates to comparing where we are to others. And then we start asking these kind of questions. Oh, they got a college degree. Look at them. I don't have a college degree. Or, wow, they finished college in four years. I'm on the six-year, six seven-year plan. Or, or maybe, you know what, I got a house, but they've got a bigger house. Or, or I, um, they're married. I'm not even dating. We, we start this comparison game, and we drive ourselves crazy with comparisons. But God has not called us to compare. God's called us to a purpose, right? And we need to understand, all right, God, what is that purpose? So now I want to tell you about a man named Nehemiah. We find him in the Old Testament. Nehemiah was just a man like you and I were. And, and one day his brother comes to him and tells him this uh, verse, Nehemiah 1.3. And it was about the Israelites that were in exile that were still living in Jerusalem. And this is, this is what his brother told him. Those who survived the exile are back in the province and they're in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. Now, it doesn't sound like it's a very good report, does it? But Nehemiah heard this, and it tore him up on the inside. It wasn't like maybe you or I reading this, like I don't see anybody weeping and, and dying inside, right? It tore him up. He couldn't stop crying. He went into mourning. He went into fasting and prayer. Something rose up on the inside of him where it's like, I just can't stand silent. I have to do something about this. And Nehemiah organizes a whole group of Israelites to go back to Jerusalem. They get the king's permission and they go back. Why? Because there's something on the inside of Nehemiah that he goes, I have to go rebuild the wall. And, and he leads this effort to rebuild the wall. Now, do you want to understand what God's purpose looks like for you sometimes? When do those, what is it that just rises up on the inside of you? Maybe it's a righteous anger. Maybe it's, it's a, a matter of integrity. You see something happening. You're like, no, I have to defend this person because that's the right thing to do. Something just wells up. That could be an indication like it was for Nehemiah. That's what God's calling for him. That was God's purpose. You and I read that verse. None of us were weeping. You know, so maybe it's not, maybe it's not for us to go and rebuild the wall. We actually can't because it's, you know, a long time ago that they're talking about. But um, what is it for you and I? If, if you sense something rising up, a righteous indignation maybe, maybe that's you understanding what is God's purpose. It's something that fuels you. It's a, it's a calling on the inside. So then fast forward the story. They're building the wall and they've got naysayers. These guys are saying, yeah, you're never going to finish the wall. Yeah, you know what? You shouldn't be rebuilding this wall. The king didn't give you permission when he did. Then they started to make up rumors about Nehemiah saying, we're going to go tell the king that you're trying to, you're trying to start another kingdom that's going to be against him and he's going to come. And, and this is what Nehemiah says in, in 6.3 to all of his naysayers. I'm engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? Right? There's a time when you understand God's purpose. 
that it doesn't matter what other people start to say to you. It doesn't matter that they're making up lies about you or whatnot. Your purpose will diminish a distraction, right? And that's what we see happened with Nehemiah. So God doesn't want us to live for the approval of people, but for the purposes of God. And we find that purpose diminishes distraction. But there's another thing that purpose will do. Purpose helps us push through pain. The pathway to our purpose a lot of times is paved with pain, right? I'm I'm not saying that finding our purpose is ever going to be easy. Sometimes there's struggles in life that we just have to go through, but we understand that if, you know, when we go through that, we're trusting God, that's part of what having faith looks like sometimes is when there's pain. And we're like, no, you know what? I know God's called me to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it happen. I, I can use my son and daughter-in-law as an example. When they first went off to Africa, it was probably a little P purpose. It wasn't the purpose of their life. But they were faithful in something that God had called them to. We're going to go to Malawi. We're going to teach for a year. And then a year turned into two years. Two years turned into three years. That third year was pretty hard for them. But you know what? They came back and felt like that little P was turning into a big P. We need to find the the organization God has called us to, but we're going back overseas and we're going to minister in that way. They were faithful in little things, but you know what? There was pain along the way as they were fulfilling their little P. And as they pushed through that little P, you know what, God, and pushed through that pain, they started to find out, okay, this is what God's calling is for our lives. We're going to go back overseas and they're, they're planning on going back to Kenya Uh, next June but not just them we find it for David David was a man after God's own heart but you know was there pain in David's life sure did David make mistakes sure but you know David was the kind of guy when he messed up he got up he didn't stay down right he he did some things that we'd look out and go David you did what you're the king and you did can't even mention it but David came back to God he repented and he just got up and he kept going he pushed through it Mary and Joseph, think about Mary, a virgin, and she's pregnant, and she's trying to tell people, look, it's not what it appears to be. Like, uh, an angel, yeah, right, Mary, an angel came to you, sure, I heard that, probably never heard that one before, but you know what I'm saying, right? That was painful for her to have to walk through that, to say, no, I believe God has given me the son of his son, and, and And I didn't have sex with Joseph, honest. She had pain in her life through that time, but purpose helped her push through that pain. A lot of women understand what it's like to give childbirth. I've watched my wife four times go through this process. Now, there's pain involved. A lot of times you don't have a choice, right? If you're in labor, you don't have a choice. That baby's coming whether you want it to or not, right? But but when I asked Meg, hey, how was childbirth? Oh, I love childbirth. Really? Were you there? I was there. But you know what? It's the prize that she had her eyes focused on. It was the prize. It was the reward that came after the pain. That's an example of purpose helps us push through the pain. She knew what was coming. It was okay. She was able to get through the pain. So purpose diminishes distractions. Purpose helps us push through the pain. Lastly, purpose empowers us to please God. Right? So so Moses understood that he was, he was pushing through something and there was this calling on his life, this purpose, but he didn't know that what he was doing was going to please God. He was just doing it because he felt it on the inside. It was this call. It was this undeniable urge that I have to leave the pharaohs. 
the Egyptians and, and start to go and, and minister to my people. And what we see in Hebrews 11 verse 6 is this. It's impossible to please God without faith. And anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Moses didn't know this scripture. He was just doing what he felt on the inside to do. Right? But, but what he was doing was actually operating in faith. He's choosing to leave comfort and going after an unknown because he feels like God wants him to. And that's what faith is a lot of times. We don't see exactly what the call is and we don't see the, the demonstration of exactly all the things that God wants us to be, but we do know that God is calling us so we take a step and we start to move in that direction. And, and it says here that if you want to please God, purpose allows you to please God because it causes you, it drives you to make that choice and you, you just start to go after what it is that God's called you to. So there's an example in, in, the, in Exodus and in the story of Moses where you find this in Exodus 5. Moses goes and he, he talks to Pharaoh and he tells Pharaoh, hey, let my people go. God wants you to let the Israelites go. And Pharaoh goes, yeah, no way. I'm not doing that. In fact, if these Israelites are, are so caught up in listening to you, Moses... I'm going to make it easier for them to be focused on their work. So he calls all the Israelites together and says, now you've got to make bricks and I'm not giving you any straw. And they're like, how are we going to make bricks with no straw? Well, you've got time to listen to Moses. Now you won't have any time. You're going to have to go find all your own straw. So they're not making their quota. The, the masters over, you know, the Egyptian form or the Israelite foremen are getting whipped by the Egyptians. So they go and plead their case before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's like, nothing doing. You're, you're going to have to keep making bricks with no straw so now the israelites come and they say this to moses in 5 20 and 21 may the lord look on you and judge you you have made us obnoxious to pharaoh and his officials and you put a sword in their hand to kill us do you think moses felt like he was pleasing god right now like god you called me you gave me this purpose and i'm supposed to be doing your work and now even all of my believing friends so to speak right the other israelites now they're against me too See, sometimes we're, we look for popularity, and it's not just with the world. We look to be accepted in our Christian family, too. But I know there's times that I may be doing what God's called me to do, and you won't understand because you're not me, or vice versa, right? It's not even that I look for the, the approval of, of others in the, in the church because some won't understand. But I need to take a step of faith and say, God, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do what you have called me to do. And, and as I pray, I just feel that rising up and welling up with inside of me. So, so let's go back and look at this, this verse, Hebrews eleven twenty four 24 to 26, as we close. It says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. And then it says, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. You know, we don't often talk about a reward for, believe, for believers. But what is our reward? Why, why are we living this life that sometimes it's, it's not easy to live? Why, why, why has God called us to walk the narrow path, not the wide path? Because God says, if you walk the narrow path, if you take up my cross and follow me, you're going to have eternal life. That's the reward, right? We have something that, that the world doesn't know about. It's a light. And God doesn't call us to, to put that light under a bushel. God calls us to let that light shine brightly. But we have to, you know, you won't, until you understand God's purpose for your life, 
that's, there's not going to be something that's going to fuel you to take that step of faith. But I think as we even understand the little P and we say, God, just show me my purpose for today, it enables us to start to take steps of faith. And as we start to take steps of faith, then we're going to see, yes, God, I'm, I'm learning. I'm, I'm starting to walk by your spirit. I'm seeing you use me in this situation. I see, I see you use me in another situation. And, and as you start to string a couple of these together, God's going to start to reveal to you, this is, this is why I've, I've put you here on this earth. This is what I want you to do. So as we close, I'd ask you this question. What is your purpose? Do you know? Maybe you don't know the bigger P, the uppercase P, purpose. What's your little P, purpose? What has God called you to today? Are you being distracted from it? We, we know where distractions come from. The enemy doesn't want us to fulfill God's purpose. That's clear. Little P or big P, the enemy is going to come and try to pull you away from God's call and purpose for your life. Will you allow him? Will you be distracted or, or will you push through? We talked about praying for one. Will, will you begin to start to say, God, show me today. Who is it that you're calling me to, Lord? Bring that person to me that I would have an appointment that could only be orchestrated by your spirit. We call them divine appointments. Lord, that there's someone else that I'm going to meet that they need to hear from you through me. Who's that one? If you want to know your purpose, don't try to find your purpose in asking other things, right? Don't go ask the hammer for your purpose. Ask God for your purpose. Purpose together that, God, I'm going to get into your word. I, I want to read more of what your word says because I know that's how I'm going to learn your purpose. And it's a choice, Will we choose to please God or will we choose to please people? You know, the, the truth is this. I find value in being liked by people. I'm sure you do too. But there's greater value in being loved by God. Right? There's value in comfort at times, but there's a greater value in God's calling. There's a lot of value to have a, a friend group and to have fun with your friends. But there's greater value in doing what God has called us to do. You know, maybe you're raising kids and you feel like, I don't know my purpose. I'm changing diapers and wiping throw up all day. But can't you see that your purpose is to raise a world changer, right? God gave you these kids for a reason. So now that you have them, raise them and raise them well. That's, that's God's purpose for you. Maybe you're getting out of debt and you're making sacrifices. And it's not popular when your friends want to go out because you say, I don't have any money. You know what? Your purpose is going to help you overcome distractions because God doesn't want you in debt. Maybe serving Jesus is causing some, some of your friends to make fun of you. Why are you doing this? Why do you go to youth group? Why do you go to church? I don't understand. You know, we can't please everyone, but we can please God, and that's got to be our focus. God, I want to please you, and I want to make a choice to please you and to fulfill my purpose more than I'm concerned about others around me. So I'll close by saying this. I believe that when I surrender my will, that's how I start to learn what God's will is, right? That's part of taking up our cross daily and following him. God, you know what? It's not about me. God, I want to surrender who I am to you. And God, I want to ask you, would you show me your will? So would you stand with me today as we pray? And I want to ask you this question. If you want to know God's will for your life and you're willing to make a choice, God, I want your purpose more than I want the approval of others. I want you just to raise your hands together with me so that we can pray together. God, we surrender together to you today, Lord. 
God, we, we may be going our own way, Lord. We may be choosing our own path. But God, today we make a choice to fulfill the purpose that you've called us to. God, maybe it's a big P purpose that we don't understand. But God, then show us the little P purpose today tomorrow, the day after tomorrow. And God, as we're faithful in the little things, Lord, to hear you, hear your voice, Lord, to to speak when you've called us to speak, God, to to be that encouraging, uh, that encouraging person to our friends, Lord, as we fulfill the little things, God, lead us to bigger things. But God, I pray for purpose. I pray for passion. I pray for calling upon all of us, God, that we wouldn't, we wouldn't be Christians to hide our light under a bushel, God. We'd be Christians and we'd be bold about it. God, on Tuesday, let us go exercise our right to vote because, God, there's a purpose that you put us here on this earth and it's to be a light. So, God, I, I thank you, Lord, that we want to please you more than we want to please others around us. Show us your purpose and your calling for our lives. We pray for this, Lord. We ask for it. We believe for it. We receive it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. All right, have a great day. If you want prayer for anything, please come forward. We'd love to pray with you. And if not, see you next week. Remember, breakfast in between services.